today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The latest controversy now uh, comes over the weekend. Uh, comments made by the World Health Organization uh, about uh, lockdowns, the economic lockdowns. And, of course, we went through one of those. I guess just about every other country has at one time or another in some way, shape, or form gone through lockdowns. And uh, there are those like Donald Trump and uh, well, Maxine Bergen on this side of the border uh, who will say that they're, they're terrible. Not only are they economically uh, catastrophic, but they do nothing uh, as far as public health is concerned, too. And the, uh, the comment that was made over the weekend uh, from a, a representative from the World Health Organization, Dr. David Navarro, a special envoy on COVID-19, uh, has been misconstrued and twisted, which is not the first time we've seen this happen. Uh, and uh, they've gone to social media to try to validate their feelings about this. And it's really only muddied the waters, I guess, for a lot of other people that are trying to make some informed decisions about this. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Bruce Wiley, who is a senior contributor for Forbes magazine, writer and professor of health policy and management at the City University of New York. Uh, Bruce, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Uh, great to be here. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about information and misinformation campaigns. Both of them are, uh, are vibrant and both of them are, are flourishing these days. It's awfully hard, I guess, for, for people that maybe are, don't have a, a focus on this all the time to understand what's right and what's wrong about what's going on with the pandemic and how governments are doing with it and treating it. Yeah, there's certainly tons of information floating around. And the problem is there are a lot of agendas out there, too. So people are interested in uh, saying, OK, you know, let's just open everything up. No, no precautions go back to normal. But the fact is, we do have a virus circulating around. So the trouble is weeding through the messaging that may have particular financial p- political agendas behind them. Well, and we've seen this happen. I mean, words can be taken out of context. Just ask Dr. Crouchy about that, I suppose, with the uh, latest commercial that's going on these days, you know, where it seems as if he's actually endorsing the way that Donald Trump has handled these things. So I, I guess to use an old phrase that's often been bandied about in politics, Bruce, words matter and how you use them matter. And uh, you really have to be careful with what you say and how you say it, because you know that there are people out there that are ready to jump on you. Oh, absolutely. Even like pieces of sentences, people will like focus on one particular word that someone says. And you really have to look at the whole context. You know, you can take sound bites and attach them together and basically make anyone say anything if you do that. So you have to take the whole statement in context. Well, and which is what didn't happen here, of course. I mean, we can get into some of the, the parsing, I guess, of, uh, of what Dr. Navarro actually said uh, about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was never, from what we can read here, any concern here about uh, about lockdowns saying we should not do them. I, I think, uh, to paraphrase uh, what he was talking about here, he was essentially saying, look, at, uh, we prefer not to use them. Uh, in other words, it's not the first line of action in something like this. But I, I suppose the, the, the Donald Trumps and, uh, well, Maxine Bernier is a, a politician up on the side of the border, a uh, very right-wing guy who says those of us who have been saying that lockdowns have been disastrous economic and health effects have been called selfish conspiracy nuts by public health officials. says now that uh, the WHO agrees with us, what are they going to say? Well, that's not really what they said, is it? No, uh, the WHO has never said that lockdowns are great. Like, no, one, no, one's, no public health expert will say, oh, lockdowns are fantastic. Let's do them all the time. Uh, what uh, – Dr. Navarro said was basically they should not be used as a primary strategy, basically the only main strategy. And he said we'd rather not do it. And every public health expert or every real public health expert, well, has always been saying that, that, you know, uh, lockdown, you can view that as more like a timeout during a game and say, okay, things aren't going well. We really need to regroup, reorganize, uh, keep the virus down, and then come out with a real plan. Like you wouldn't go into a uh, a baseball or basketball or a football game and say, okay, we're just going to take timeouts. That's going to be our strategy. You, you, you don't do that. And so 
So he was simply re-emphasizing what WHO has been emphasizing all along, that lockdowns do have negative consequences and that we can't use them as the primary strategy. It can still be used as a strategy, but it only as part of a, a range of different strategies. Well, and I, just about every politician has had to go down that road. And I guess between, uh, you know, when, when this really became a major problem back in February, March, uh, right through until the time the government said to do this, I, I don't remember one uh, elected official, whether it's a governor, uh, a mayor, anybody who imposed these sorts of things and said, "Naha, we've nailed it now. This is going to fix all our problems. Uh, they all did it with great regret because they know the, the, the economic impact that it's going to have. But at the same time, you know, the old thing, drastic times require drastic measures. And, and it was running out of control, and it may be doing that again. Exactly. And, and this type of conversation is really distracting from the real issue. The real issue is that you have to have all these other interventions in place, like testing, surveillance, contact tracing, disinfecting, uh, having people wear masks, you know, all these different things that you know, aren't necessarily being done in, in, in many uh, different municipalities or countries. And that should be the focus, not on, on arguing whether lockdowns are, are, are bad or worse. Like everyone knows they're not good. So really focusing on what is not being done and what should be done. Well, and I think maybe the, the, the better examples of that was Mary, or Governor Cuomo, of course, in New York, uh, as they went through that process. And I mean, they, they were the hot spot in North America at one point. Uh, with new cases and with deaths, and, and you know, it, it was horrific what was going on. Uh, and, uh, it's, you know, and, and he talked about that every day, of course, when, during his daily briefings. He always mentioned, you know, we don't have enough personal protective equipment. We don't have ventilators. We don't have this. And in the absence of that, we're going to have to do something drastic until we can catch up. And as it turned out, they did catch up. It actually had one of the better records. I know they're slipping right now, but many jurisdictions are. But it was it was always done with regret. Exactly. And you mentioned a great point, the fact that, you know, we have to remember back in March, uh, what was happening is, is healthcare workers and professionals were getting exhausted. There wasn't enough face masks. The, many of the ERs were being overloaded, hospitals being overloaded. If things had continued, uh, it could have been a huge disaster. And th- that essentially, the lockdowns essentially were putting the brakes on that and to catch a breather. So we have to remember that. Well, and it's, uh, I, I believe, that, uh, they all talked about this, too, and I was certain that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Redfield did when they were appearing before Congress, uh, not advocating lockdowns, but simply saying it gives us time to catch up and to make adjustments, to pivot, which is, which is what happened, I guess, during that time. Okay, now we know about social distancing. Uh, you know, restaurants and bars can reopen, but they're going to have to do it with this. They're going to have to have plexiglass up. You couldn't have done that while they were going at full capacity. There had to be a time out. Absolutely. I think really, you know, the... The, the, the trouble is that uh, people weren't prepared, and basically the virus is. So if you think about it, the virus spreads exponentially. You know, each day, like each case can cre- uh, create two or three more cases. So we're having cases multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. So basically, you have to act quickly and do something. You can't sit there and just wait and say, "Oh, what we're, what are we going to do?" So that's basically what happened. And again, as you mentioned, with lots of regrets and 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 people were saying, "Okay, you know, this is not a great thing to do." You know, we sh- you know we should have been more prepared for it, but for here and now, we need to put the brakes on it. And if we want to avoid lockdowns in the future, you know, we need to be more proactive. I mean, we need to be focusing on how do we stop the virus now so that we don't have to go into lockdowns again. Well, it's public opinion like on that side of the border, Bruce. I mean, it, you know, we are heading into the second wave now. We've seen the numbers going up steadily in some jurisdictions. I know that uh, Mayor de Blasio and, and, and Governor Cuomo in New York specifically have both been expressing great concern about this and, and, and musing about the idea of perhaps 
taking a step back and looking at some of these things again. Is the American public on side with that? Yeah, the problem is we, we, we have several situations that are, are working against us. So one is uh, the virus, actually, the transmission of the virus may actually pick up as the weather gets colder and, 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 and the air gets drier. You know, that's a concern that happens with many respiratory viruses like the flu. And, you know, you're having the reopening of schools and people moving indoors and businesses are reopening. So all these factors uh, may promote virus spread. So we may be in a worse situation. We have to remember, we haven't been through the bulk of the winter with this virus yet. So we don't know what might happen with this virus. So I think people are concerned and they realize that, you know, if that happens, something needs to be done. Uh, and we, you know, I, I've heard remarks of people saying, hey, I've noticed there are more uh, uh, ambulances or sirens, et cetera. Of course, that's anecdotal. So you can't tell if there's necessarily more COVID-19 cases, but you're hearing of upticks in cases. And I think people are concerned. So I think people are, um, you know, in favor of doing something about it. Now, whether it's actually lockdowns, you know, we want to make sure we do everything that we can to try to avoid lockdowns. But if nothing else works, you know, we might be left in a similar situation where, where there's, uh, you know, there's a need to put the brakes on things. I mean, there is a, a, a track record here, too. I mean, the, I know the example a lot of people point towards is New Zealand, where Prime Minister Ardern basically shut the country down. And that's a smaller country, yeah. granted. And, and, you know, with, but it did work. I mean, you know, they're. They had the minimal impact with COVID-19 with that first wave. Uh, other countries, uh, Hong Kong did a similar situation. Uh, mandatory masks, which I don't think is ever going to happen in the States, not from what we're hearing from some of the politicians anyway, at uh, just about every level of government, although that, uh, there seems to be uh, a need that that's something that's going to have to be discussed, I think, once again, as we head towards the second wave. But it's it's there, there really is no consensus, though, is there, Bruce, to say, okay, here's the way we're going to go. Uh, because even the public health experts are talking about, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a, a smorgasbord, really, of, of, of treatments to this. It's, it's social distancing. It's masking. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's staying within our bubble if we want to do that. And, in fact, it may, in fact, have some economic consequences as a result of that. But it's way down the list. And I think that's the point that, uh, that Dr. Navarro is trying to make. Yeah, I think we, among public health experts and people who have been in the preparedness community for, for years, there is consensus in terms of the layering of types of, of uh, policies and interventions that should be done. And the problem right now is that though that scientific base, the evidence-based interventions, aren't really being uniformly promoted among political leaders. You know, the, what sh really should be happening is, is, okay, we know how to deal with this type of virus. We know how to deal with the pandemic. And these are the steps that we need to take. And political leaders need to be consistent and leaning on and pointing towards scientists who have the evidence for these policies and interventions and allow scientists to really broadcast this in a uniform way. And that's not really happening right now. No, and, and the use of the New Zealand or Hong Kong examples, strong central leadership at the federal level that actually made got that going. And you're right, there's just uh, mm -hmm. too many different opinions and uh, too many politicians trying to be scientists, I guess, uh, to make that happen. Uh, Bruce, as always, thank you so much for the time. It was great to get your perspective on this. Thank you so much for the time today. Thanks. Appreciate being here. Good talking with you. Bruce Wiley, of course, senior contributor for Ford's Magazine uh, and policy management, health policy management at the City University in New York City. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.